Hello everyone and welcome to a Millennial Learns. My name is Abby Rancor. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. So usually I release an episode on Mondays and I go over a topic of things that I've learned, but it has been quite possibly the craziest two weeks of my life, I think. <laughs> and so I just wanted to do a little life update recap, let you know what's been going on, why I've taken like a week and a half off. Um, and just chat this week. So we will get back to our regularly regularly scheduled program on Thursday with a state episode. And then on Monday, we're finishing up with our Bible series. I think we actually have two more weeks for that, but um, we'll get back on track on Thursday because we are in our new house, we are getting settled and everything should be calming down a little. So, um, Thank you for tuning into this week's episode, and I hope you enjoy this little chat. So, for the first very sad news, my grandpa passed away, I think it was two weeks ago now, like two weeks ago yesterday. I don't know, it's been hard to keep track of time, but I'm pretty sure it was two weeks ago yesterday. And so that was really tough, and basically, you know, like that weekend, I thought it was kind of going to be like a really relaxing weekend. And, you know, we had no real plans and stuff. And, um, my grandpa woke up and was having like some chest pain and, you know, thought it was pretty bad, but it kind of like went away after he got up and stuff. And then he wanted to lay back down in, in bed and whatever. So turns out he had a heart attack and I guess, cause he also had Parkinson's, I guess with Parkinson's after you have like a major heart attack, your body goes into something similar to a coma. I don't know all the specifics because, you know, I haven't done that much research on it or anything, but, um, it was actually kind of a blessing there at the end that he wasn't like awake or conscious really because it would have been from my understanding a lot more painful so parkinson's actually helped to just kind of make him like unconscious so he wasn't in pain and they kept him comfortable and stuff so that was saturday morning they couldn't like wake him up after the chest pain and stuff and then he got like rushed to the hospital and um everyone got to come and say goodbye and tell him that they loved him and stuff. And so that was really nice. I think that really helped with the whole process. Like with my grandma dying, she died just about, it was just over a year ago. It was such a shock that it was like so hard to kind of process. Like it took me a really long time to be like, okay, like she actually died. And it was just a lot harder to process. I think because it was also like the first person that had died that was close to me. So with my grandpa, I mean, it was no easier, but it was kind of like I had prepared myself for it ever since my grandma died. I was like, okay, like this is obviously going to happen with Papa eventually too. I don't know when, but then he was in the hospital for a couple days. And so it really gave some time to like, like for my mind to understand what was happening. So I mean, it was very, very difficult, but it was like I was more prepared, which was good. So he ended up passing away on the like Monday morning. So the heart attack happened Saturday morning. He passed away Monday morning and my 
dad and uncle were both there. And then I actually get like five, like a whole week of bereavement time for each family member from work. So it was really nice. And a lot of my family does too. So my cousins like flew into town um, to say their goodbyes to Papa. And then we just like hung out all week. Like the whole family just pretty much hung out almost every day, I feel like. So, I mean, it was very unfortunate and sad, but it was really good family time that we all got to spend together. And again, I think it was like a little bit less shocking for everyone. Like it's still terrible and death is just part of the curse. So it never feels good. You're never like, oh, it's fine completely, you know, but um, I've been listening to the Unashamed podcast with the Robertson family a lot and they just talk about death in like such a hopeful way that it has really helped me because I don't know, sometimes I listen to these preachers that's like, you have to, you know, like, what am I trying to say? You have to rally and battle for against everything and like dying before you're 120 is terrible and all this. And, you know, sometimes like it was just Papa's time to go. And the way the Robertsons kind of look at it more is like, yeah, death is just the beginning. We'll see them again. And we don't grieve like everyone else does, even if you die before you're 120 or whatever. Um, it's okay. Like they're going to be with Jesus. So it doesn't matter. It is their, um, it is very hopeful for them. And not that you don't have to feel sad about it or not that you're going to not grieve, but we grieve differently than people of the world. So that coupled with like the fact that I had some time to like think about the whole concept of like death and eternity and how, yes, people are going to die that are close to you. All of that kind of helped me deal with Papa's death a lot better. I feel like I did not deal with Nana's death very well and it was just kind of a mess um, during it. But since then, I've been like trying to just solidify, you know, my faith and um, my character and things like that. And I've been listening to Jordan Peterson and he was talking about how it's not a very hopeful um, premise at first, but basically he says his theory and his whole thing is that life is pretty much just a series of tragedy, a series of, you know, unfortunate things or like hard things. And you get some moments of happiness in between, but you have to be able to deal with tragedy. And tragedy is hard enough. Like, having some, a family member die is always going to be very, very tough. You don't need extra heartache and things piling on top of it because then it turns into hell. So he says, as an example, he's like, if your dad dies, it is a tragedy, you know, but you can probably get through a tragedy. But when all your siblings start fighting with each other at the funeral home and in bickering and taking each other to court well okay that turns into hell you can handle tragedy it's very hard to handle hell so I've been listening to that and I actually listened to it on the way to the hospital um I needed to like pump myself up because his one of his talks he talks about like you got to be the reliable one at 
your father's funeral, you don't want to be the one that's causing hell for the rest of people, for the rest of the people, because your whole family is experiencing this person die. Um, it's terrible for everyone. If they also have to deal with the hell of you acting terribly or, you know, falling into an addiction or something like that, or bickering or arguing or all this stuff, that is terrible for everyone. So your character needs to be developed enough to be able to handle a tragedy well. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on. And I think the whole family has dealt pretty well with, um, with Papa's death. So it is very hard, but you know, it, it's, I kind of have come to the realization that it is going to happen to everyone. It's weird because I've been, I had been so sheltered from anyone close to me dying until I was like 26 or 25, I guess, which I feel like is so late. So all these very deep, like, topics and things have really come into play in my life in the last like year you know I'm like oh yeah everyone is going to die and like having these big kind of existential thoughts is somewhat new because I just hadn't had anyone close to me die so um anyway that is the scoop with Papa but yeah it was nice to just be around with family remembering him and just having all these great memories with him like I remember he used to take out a big atlas and a magnifying glass and we used to like find countries and research them and he really just like fostered my love of learning and things and we would play like Game Boys together and I just have like such great memories at Nan and Papa's house and um, he was just an amazing man so I'm glad and I'm privileged to like have gotten to have him as my grandpa and gotten to be so close with my grandparents. A lot of people I realize are really not that close with their grandparents. They like go and see him a couple times a year and, and whatever, which is fine. Um, I'm very, very glad that I got to spend so much time with my grandparents growing up. Like I spent, I mean, an incredible amount of time with them. So, um, that's been really, really great. Um, but yeah, sad that he is not here anymore. Um, okay, let's get into a lighter note a little bit. So the other big thing, other major life event that has happened in the last um, week or two. Has it been a week? No, it hasn't even been a week. So on um, Thursday, the 26th, Jason and I moved into our new house and I'm a little bit sad that Papa couldn't see. I mean, he's now in a much better place. You know, he, he doesn't care right now about seeing our house, but it would have been nice if Papa could have seen our house because he was really invested in like all the updates and things like that. But we have moved in. It's beautiful. I love it. Our furniture is mostly in. We're a little bit delayed on things like couches and our rugs and still ordering some little things. Um, and hanging pictures and stuff like that. So, but we are moved in. We are in love with it. I can't believe we have our own house finally. It's felt like an eternity, but it's been really a huge blessing to have family around to not only help with the move, but like when we were waiting for the house, we lived with multiple family members. And I mean, I know a lot of family would not do that. So 
Um, we have been out of our own place for over a year now, or no, just under a year. We sold our condo in June and we have now moved in. So we are very much enjoying having our own space and doing all of that. We have landscaping starting soon um, and everything is just coming together extremely well. I'm just so, so excited about how the whole house turned out. We were very nervous because we picked a lot of grays and um, like black hardware and these wooden tables and things that we weren't sure if they would go together, but it seems like everything went together good, well, I should say, and we are just loving like every minute of it. The one advice, piece of advice I would give is to order blinds way before you think you would need them because we ordered them like the day after we moved in and it's going to be five to seven weeks. So we have no blinds in our house. We only have like these temporary blinds, which is, I mean, honestly, it's fine because we're so far away from other houses. Like we only have to really put them up in like our bedroom um, and bathroom. But if you were in a packed suburb, it's just, you would be, be staring right at your neighbor. So definitely order blinds earlier than we did. Part of the problem was that they didn't actually frame out all of our windows until like two weeks before we closed. And then by that time they started locking the house. So, you know, um, if you can order blinds before, <laughs> that is my big advice. I just realized though how hard it is to actually plan and decorate a house off of these little tiny swatches of things to pick out. Like you go to the design center, they give you a tiny little granite swatch, a tiny little hardwood floor, and you have to like envision how it's all gonna go together. And the only reason I think we got, you know, I think we got it right because I love the look of it is because we had an inspiration picture that was pretty much exactly what we wanted it to look like. And we just matched as close to that as possible. Otherwise, I feel like it could have been a mess. It's just so hard to visualize how it's all gonna fit. So another piece of advice for designing a house is definitely have inspiration pictures and trust that and match as close as you can because that's, I think, gonna be your best bet. Unless you are very good at visualizing a house, like housing finishes, um, but I am definitely not. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else with the house stuff. Yeah, we've been unpacking for the last like five days. I was gonna do this podcast yesterday, but I've just been so tired with the whole move and everything. So um, it is a lot to unpack a house. We've been trying to really thin down and like be minimalist, you know? And I realize like, even when I'm trying to be a minimalist, I just have a lot of stuff. Like there's just a lot more clothes than I thought. There's a lot more you know, just random stuff that you need in a house. And so, you know, minimalism is a challenge in these conditions. Um, but I think it's going pretty well. Like we definitely didn't have as much stuff as we would have without paring down a lot beforehand. And our move was actually really, really smooth. Our whole family came over to help move us. And it was just actually very like a good moving day. But going through all these miscellaneous boxes and trying to figure out where I'm going to put these random things that we kind of need, but like, I don't know, they don't have really have a home yet. There's like five boxes that I need to go do that to. And I'm like, 
Ugh, that is my least favorite thing to do. Like, I like unpacking a box and saying, okay, this is a clothes box. I know exactly where those go. Or this is a uh, kitchen box. I can find a spot in the kitchen. That's super easy. And I actually really enjoy that. But when there's all these miscellaneous boxes of like, uh, you know, some DVDs and then a a sunglasses case and all of that, it just is exhausting to me to try to go through those. So, I'm trying to slowly work through those without becoming exhausted. Um, but it's all going well and we are very, very excited. Um, the other, I guess, segment I wanted to do in this life little life chat is I keep seeing these um, podcasts with either like so- you know, song of the week or movie of the week or show reviews or whatever. So I wanted to do a little movie and show review because it's pretty rare that I watch a new movie or show and want to give my take on it, but I've actually watched a few uh, recently. So the first one that I watched is Operation Mincemeat. Overall, I liked it. There were a couple scenes that were weirdly sexual that I really want to know if they were accurate to the show. I don't care if there's something sexual in a movie, if it's accurate to the story like if you're doing a something that's based on a historical event i just think that it should be fully accurate so for example we watched imitation game and in imitation game they like do the whole storyline about how alan turig turig is gay and that is true to real life like he was on these therapies to try to make him straight and all this stuff. And so that is part of the movie. You see like this whole under um, storyline and stuff, which makes sense because that's real life. But this other guy, basically like in Operation Mincemeat, he just gets information basically by doing sexual things to people. And it's, it's very small. So like it's not worth probably not watching the movie. But I was definitely like, what? What's going on right now? (laughs) Um, In two of the scenes. And they were back to back. And I was like, is this how this movie's going to (laughs) go? But it kind of, um, it straightened up. So overall, I would say it's a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, There's just a couple odd scenes in there. So would recommend. Um, I'm also re-watching Call the Midwife, which doesn't... I guess really count as a new show or movie, but I just want to reiterate that everyone should watch Call the Midwife. Now I've gotten mixed reviews from my family members. For some family members, they think it's a little too depressing, like because it's set in such a poverty stricken area and their living conditions are terrible. And so some people think it's like too sad. People aren't interested, but I really enjoy it. The history of like midwifery and seeing them work in these conditions and things like that because I read the book first and that is I think crucial to watching the show if you're gonna watch the show definitely read the book first because some of the stories you think might be just gratuitous like there's this woman who steals a baby and if I feel like if I hadn't read the book I'd have been like that's too far-fetched there's one lady who has like 24 kids and there's all this drama that happens with her 25th kid and they don't speak the same language her and her husband like she speaks Spanish and her husband speaks English and they don't speak 
any at all of each other's languages and I would have thought that that's probably just a story that they made up but it's all in this book and it's all based on the book. So it's very accurate to the book for the first three seasons and then it kind of goes off so I stopped watching after like season five I think but I would definitely recommend the first three seasons. And then the other thing that I have started watching is Somebody Feed Phil. Now I've seen like the other seasons of his show on Netflix before but they just came out with a fifth season and I just watched the first episode which is in Oaxaca, Mexico. He is really funny and I love Somebody Feed Phil. He has like some amazing food that he goes and tries so I would definitely recommend watching that. I'm only one episode into this season but I know it's going to be amazing. I've heard great things about the rest of them so we are in the process of watching that as well. Okay, and then my final little topic that I want to cover on my life update is that I started a homesteading Instagram page and a homesteading um, YouTube channel, I guess. And I am trying to learn all of these homesteading skills. So if you have been listening for a while, you may know that I got kind of obsessed with homesteading after I did a homesteading episode. So I went through and did all of the skills that you could learn and kind of what it takes to live more self sustaining or more off the land and ever since then I've compiled the list of things that I want to learn and do and it's just been so fun to do all this research I'm gonna get this indoor plant growing system and we're gonna grow vegetables and stuff inside and I want to make like tomato paste and garlic powder onion powder you know grow flowers grow lettuce all that sort of stuff and so um, I have been really going headfirst and diving into that and this weekend actually I made butter for the first time so I did not know that making butter was so easy <laughs> I saw a I, I follow this woman on Instagram and her handle is the ballerina farm because she was a ballerina and then I think it was like four years ago she said she moved out to a farm in Utah and they just farm now full-time so she's called the ballerina farm but she makes like everything from scratch they have a milk cow and so one day she put up a video about how to make butter and if you didn't know making butter is very very simple all you have to do is take heavy whipping cream and just put it in your um like a KitchenAid stand mixer and you just keep mixing it and build it up to speed 10 and eventually like within 10-15 minutes the butter fat separates from the buttermilk and you get you know if you strain it out if you strain out the buttermilk you get just butter so all you have to do then is knead the butter until all the buttermilk comes out and you are good to go you have butter so I did that this weekend it was so fun it was like the very it was a good first step into homesteading skills obviously I cannot fully homestead in this new house. We are on three acres, which would in theory be fine, but you're not allowed to have cows and you're not allowed to actually farm or anything. You can't have more than a certain area of watered land. And so we, you know, you have to kind of do it in piecemeal fashion. So let's say I want to make homemade tomato paste. Well, I'll probably have to buy some tomatoes from the store because I can't have a huge thing where there's tomatoes going all year 
but I'm hoping with the indoor growing um, system, I can be more self-sustaining and really have a lot of vegetables throughout the year. Need to do some more research on like what to grow when and how to care for them and things like that. But um, I think we are gonna move towards like indoor farming if possible. So I don't have to have like the biggest garden ever to have vegetables year round. I also wanna learn how to do things like preserving dehydrating, canning, all of that good stuff. So I called it semi-homesteading. That was my uh, future cousin-in-law, I guess. <laughs> my cousin's fiance suggested the name semi-homesteading because I said, well, it's kind of like semi-homemade with Sandra Lee where she would make a quote homemade meal, but some of the ingredients would be store-bought. And um, so it is called semi-homesteading with Abby. And if you would like to follow that whole adventure, go to my YouTube channel. It's just called Semi Homesteading with Abby. And then my Instagram is Semi Homesteading. The name is Semi Homesteading with Abby. So um, that is very exciting. I think the next thing I'm going to do is reupholster this piano bench. Um, and then I got this tomato plant as a housewarming gift for my aunt. And so I will be tracking the progress of my tomatoes and I hope be making paste out of them. So very exciting stuff happening, but as you can see, this is why my life over the past two weeks has not exactly revolved around podcasting. So I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be settled in. We are going to go over the next state on Thursday. Thank you all for sticking with me and uh, I will see you on Thursday. Follow me on Instagram at Abby Rancor or... Um, at semi-homesteading and rate and review this podcast if you have not already that would help a ton so thank you all for listening i will see you thursday bye everyone